Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, or I guess also to, uh, if it's your first time, to the Audit Podcast. Today, we have Elizabeth McDowell. She is the Senior Director of Audit Strategy, and I emphasize strategy a little bit there. I'll tell you why here in a second. Before that, she was uh, at Ernst & Young and then Excel Energy, and then she went to Fidelity Investments, um, and then she led the Internal Audit Department at Elevations Credit Union before going to Achieve. Achieve is a fintech and is the leader in digital personal finance built to help everyday people thrive. They offer innovative digital financial solutions, including home equity loans, personal loans, and debt resolution, as well as financial education. All right, the reason I emphasize strategy, I thought that was just such an interesting job title to have within internal audit, like to have the role called out relative to the strategy. Um, I feel like that's something that doesn't get talked about enough. And so that's definitely something that we hit on during the show. A few other things that we hit on, uh, an audit tip that Elizabeth passes on to everyone listening. Again, we go back to the strategy and how she's explaining the why of audit to her stakeholders. That can sometimes be difficult. Um, we talk about multi-generational directed workforces, which is super hard to say. <laughs> even uh, even though Elizabeth spoke about it at a conference, uh, you could tell it was a little difficult to get out as uh, I did as well. Uh, and some of the key takeaways from that. So she was on a panel at a conference talking about this. So if for those that didn't attend the conference or didn't attend that session at the conference, we wanted to get her takeaways from that. Also wanted to hear, as always, the number one issue she's talking about with her CAE peers, what she cares about as an audit leader. And then if she were to go into internal audit consulting, what is it that she would do? Here we go. What's an audit tip that you could pass along to the listeners? I think that my top tip would be to always be looking for new and innovative ways to do things, not only within internal audit, um, but also within the businesses that we audit. Um, at my last role, we helped to digitize and actually created an app for the branch teams to use to complete their daily checklists. And this isn't something that you would normally see internal audit do. Typically, we would probably tell them to do yeah, it, yeah. but we had the, the skills to build this power app. And so we built it and then handed it over to them. And by doing that, we were able to demonstrate partnership, collaboration, but also it worked in our favor to streamline our process because once they digitized everything 
was then available on the back end um, as a SharePoint list and in, in the database. And so we didn't have to go out to the branches as much. Um, so I think that I really always encourage people to not just settle for the status quo, but really be looking for ways to always do better. And in doing that, it usually means doing things more efficiently, mm -hmm. either through technology or analytics or whatever it is. is that, it seems like you have almost like the mindset for that. Is there an approach people would take like, hey, every three months or every six months, like, let's take a look at maybe... Um, something that's popping in my head, like a, a given new technology that's out. Something, if we look back two years ago, three years ago, as simple as like Zoom and going, hey, how could we use Zoom in mm -hmm. planning or how could we use Zoom during control testing or something like that? Would you recommend a process like that for the the folks that maybe don't have that like transformative mindset that it seems like you do? It, it's interesting. I've kind of evolved to have that. And one of the ways that I... Um, view it is there's an internal or IAA paper um, called All in a Day's Work. And it talks about what the internal auditor does in a day. And it talks about internal audit auditors are explorers and we're innovators. And it really kind of helped me um, view my job as I'm, I'm constantly scanning the horizon, both for risks, for new technologies. And as a leader, I absolutely do not know how to do all of the things. I can't know how to do all of the things. A great example is Power Query. Um, we streamlined our employee account monitoring at Elevations with Power Query, and I can tell you all about it and and extol all of the virtues of it, but I could not do it. Yeah. I'm sure I could figure it out sure. eventually, but I'm constantly... Um, reading industry articles and trying to stay up to date, not just internal audit industry, but my industry that I'm in for my profession. And I think that that's just really important, especially as an auditor, you want to stay ahead of the risks and not be reactive. You want to be proactive. And that's how it was interesting. I would prepare the internal audit plan for the next year. And then the NCUA, our primary regulatory body, would put out their supervisory priorities in February. And consistently, I would tick, tick, tick. All of the um, items that they had were on my plan. And that was really cool, but that's because I was keeping an eye yeah. on um, just really the entire environment. Yeah, very nice. All right, so yeah, just stay up to date. I mean, the. Uh, most it's, people listening probably have access and we're going to do soon a an internal audit resources episode so it's some yeah. of the maybe lesser known resources uh that people could check out so it might be a good if you're like hey, i don't really know where to go for this stuff stay tuned for like another week or two and we'll probably get to that episode but awesome all right if you could grab every auditor in the world by the shoulders and just shake them and say we please just do this <laughs> one thing what would that be so it's actually, I, I would say this could apply to every person in the world, um, not just auditors, but, and it's something to not do. It's my motto, which is don't be an asshole. Okay. So, um, <laughs> you know, this often gets raised eyebrows um, in the typically buttoned up profession yeah. of accounting and internal audit, but yeah. I, I, I mean it um, in terms of, you know, it's pretty simple. We're all people. Um, we're all in this together, especially in internal audit when we're 
literally all working for the same team. We, our end goal should be the same, protect the company, protect the employees, protect the customers, the assets, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that so often internal auditors are seen as the police or the bad guy. Um, and in the end, what we need to do is prove our value to management. And you don't have to wield a big stick to do that. You can still be, um, you can still collaborate and be transparent and not be an asshole. And actually, I think that it gets you further. It gains confidence um, from your stakeholders um, much more than what I would call the old school way of auditing did. Yeah, uh, I think we just have the title for the episode figured out. <laughs> don't, don't be an asshole. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, we had someone else. This was a while back, and similar to yours, but maybe uh, a different way of saying it. Hers was <laughs> hers was just care. Like that was it. It was just care. You know about the people that you're working with and uh, those around you that you're not working with. So. Uh, if someone's looking for a maybe a lighter way of taking your advice on that one, maybe just care could be uh, <laughs> a way of thinking about it. Yeah, right. part of it is the the shock value, you know, asshole. It's, yeah. it's not a terribly bad word, yeah. but it gets people to kind of sit up and pay attention. Yeah. And um, I do want them to really pay attention to that message. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a curse word in the right context and not constantly, you know, if you're the person sure. that's constantly, it's like, eh, all right, it doesn't really have that much of an impact. But right. when you don't say it that often, like I think we've had maybe three on this entire show in a hundred and whatever episodes. Uh oh, right I'm now. not going to break, try and break that record. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think there's any, uh, we've said this before, I don't think there's a lot of children uh, listening to the show. So it's, it's, it's all right. Have, do you have your E rating? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we, we'll, we'll put it on there. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I know you're in this strategy role, like you're developing this strategy for internal audit. And a big part of that is explaining like it, it is a relatively new role, uh, a new function, maybe even and explaining like the why of internal audit to stakeholders is something that I think is super important. Otherwise, we do look like or we're already coming in the perception of these are the assholes, basically. So how did you communicate that? Like why and what we do? I think that one of the most important reasons why we need to have internal audit um, is the independence piece. We need an independent, different viewpoint um, on the company as a whole, mm. the risks that are emerging. And I really do think that internal auditors, especially those of us that have honed our craft over the years, have a different way of thinking. We are able to come in and look at a process and identify areas of improvement um, and also actually recommend ways that things can be improved versus just listing out problems or issues or exceptions. And so I think that we have a very unique way of looking at things. And we also have an incredibly unique role in that we get to see everything. We're not siloed. We're not in one yeah. specific department. And in doing that, we really do have a good lens into emerging risks and existing risks. Um, I know you have done uh, public speaking, like IA sessions and spoken at conferences and things like that. 
And one of the more recent topics you spoke about was multi-generational directed workforces, which is an absolute mouthful. And I had to read that straight off the sheet. (laughs) What are some, uh, for those that weren't in attendance, what were some of the key takeaways that the listeners can apply? Yep. So this was really interesting for me. Uh, Participating on this panel at Audit and Beyond was really fun because it made me deliberately think about how my own generation and experiences uh, have impacted my view of the working world. Uh, So for a little bit of context, I consider myself a Xennial, which is the micro generation um, that is trapped between Gen X and millennials. So it's really, I think it's less than five year micro generation, but uh, our lives were defined by an analog childhood and a digital teen and adulthood. And so in a similar vein, um, even though computers have been common, Uh, Since I started in public accounting in 2005, most work at that point was still done um, hard copy. We had hard copy work papers, the reconciliations. We were ticking and tying, going back and forth. We had our little pencil with the blue on one side and the red on the other side that we would flip back and forth. Um, So my formative years in the audit profession were shaped by much more primitive audit software. Uh, technology, hard copy, work paper, uh, preparation and review, and a very different way of executing an audit. And so I was also in turn trained by people who came from an earlier generation who had only been working with hard copy uh, work papers, and they were defined by the implementation of Sarbanes-Oxley Act. And so technology has evolved very quickly throughout my work life, just as it did kind of in my childhood and into my teen years, where it might have started out very analog um, at work, but now it's not like that at all. And so it's really interesting how my career has kind of mirrored my upbringing in that way. Um, I would say that the key takeaways um, from our multi-generational directed workforce (laughs) Um, panel go along with this idea that we all need to be flexible and open to change. I think that this is extremely key um, because nothing stays the same. And I spent a lot of my career, a lot of my life wishing that things would just stay the same. Why do they have to keep changing? I like how it is. And I have learned to embrace change and be an agent of change, as Richard Chambers would say. Um, That was really hard for me um, as somebody who considers himself a type A Virgo personality. um, It's actually really interesting that I am the person encouraging change and encouraging innovation at this point uh, in my role, but it didn't really come naturally to me. So I think that as a leader, especially, we need to be open to influence from the other generations, Um, especially, I would say, the younger peers and even the ones that are just entering the workforce. They have a different perspective on things, and that doesn't mean uh, a wrong perspective. It means different, and we have so much to learn from them and from each other, but I think that 
especially how I was raised and the beginning of my working career, it was very much just do as you're told and don't question it. And that's not how it is anymore. And we have to be open to that sort of change. Hey, everyone. Thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at Audit Board, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. Audit Board's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with Audit Board's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see Audit Board's award-winning platform in action today. We had David Hill on. Uh, he, he's a CEO of Swap Internal Audit Services over in the UK, and he was on a couple of weeks ago. And he's got a, a pretty large team, and we we're talking about they've won all these awards for transformative audit um, processes and things like that. And like they are very much like let's do everything different. You know, that's almost mm -hmm. the mindset it seems like. And I can't remember exactly what the question was, but at one point he was talking about when they bring on like new grads as new hires or something that he sits down with them and is like, tell me everything that you would change. You know, once they're caught mm. up to speed a little bit and it's like, right. how would you do this? Like what technology would you use? What do you not like about this? What do you, what do you like about this? Um, and really looks for them to be more of the change agents, uh, yeah. maybe even more so than the more senior folks. But the, the senior folks have to be, asking those questions. I think mm. that is fantastic way to do it. Um, because I mean, that's the beauty of audit. We could take 10 auditors, audit the same subject, come up with 10 different yeah. um, issues or observations out of it because we're all looking at things differently and it doesn't mean one is right and one is wrong. Um, so I really appreciate that view of, you know, you're, it really is helpful to get that view while they're still new mm -hmm. and haven't adapted as much to how things have always been done. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely, I'm sure at some point early in my career would sit there and go, this is stupid. I don't want to do this. You know, like <laughs> this is, I don't want to, but I, you I couldn't say that. Yeah. I never said anything about it. So yeah. No, I, I didn't either. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then one other takeaway from the panel that we did is how much the younger generations appreciate transparency. Mm. Um, I would say in all respect, from the hiring process to um, the actual job, but trans transparency between leader and employees, as well as between clients and auditors, I've really tried to teach that um, we publish the audit schedule. This is who we're going to be auditing, when we're going to be auditing. And if you guys, audit client, want to go in and fix everything before we come in, then more power to you. Mm. It's a win-win either way. Um, and so I really try to take the approach of not surprising our audit clients. And in turn, they tend to be much more transparent with us. Um, I think gone are the days where audit operated shrouded behind a curtain um and i think that in large part that is due to the multi-generational workforce and then with my employees i'm also um much more open as a manager 
really than any manager I've ever had. And it's true. Sometimes that can bite you in the ass um, when somebody uh, betrays the circle of trust, if you will. But um, I have found it much more beneficial than not. People want to know the information. They want to be trusted, especially in audit. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we do. We handle sensitive information and they want to know what's going on um, with the company, with their performance, um, and even about me. You know, I try to be very, I try to practice what I preach. Yeah. And, and maybe from that panel, there was some discussion you've had with, with some of those leaders uh, after the fact um, relative to this next question. But like, what, what are you talking about? What's the number one issue amongst your kind of CAE peer circle? Like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah, and I, you're exactly right, um, because one of the key items we have been talking about is a result of the multi-generational workforce, um, I would say, as well as the pandemic. Um, we're seeing so many companies, um, and particularly boards and executive teams, which tend to be from an earlier generation, requiring people to come back to the office in person. And many younger folks, you know, including the we would call them middle ground people like me, um, have come to really appreciate the flexibility of working from home and the other perks that come with that. And we, as a leadership team, cannot be so stuck in our old ways of doing things that we're not open to change. And so I was actually at an audit happy hour last night talking to another CAE about this exact thing. Her company is thinking about forcing everyone back full-time in the office. And she and I both agree that they're going to lose people. They're going to lose people who will find another job, similar to how I did, that's fully remote, um, that does allow that flexibility. And we can't just be so stuck that we're not willing to, to try different ways. And I think that in a lot of ways, we as a workforce spent two years proving that we could do things right. better yep. and more efficiently and just as well um, remotely. And I, it feels a bit disrespectful to now be told, oh, you have to come back because we were, we were knocking yeah. it out of the park working remotely. Right. Yeah. I um, 100% agree. And I know there was, you know, as soon as there's almost like rumblings of coming back, um, I hear less of it now. It seemed like there was that 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 time frame where like it's everyone was having that conversation. And I know teams that that were talking to me about it and they were like, yep, there's rumors, you know, from the top that we might be going back in. And they were like, we're all like <laughs> we're polishing our resumes right now. Yeah. Know, as soon as there was like the rumors, like, all right, we're polishing resumes. And as soon as the rumors, you know, got stronger, it's like, all right, I got a recruiter or uh, I started sending mine out just in case. And um, yeah, I know a lot of people that as soon as that directive came down, they went, all right, we'll see you later. Well, and that actually leads into another generational difference. People do not start and end their careers mm-hmm. at the same company yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, I remember I changed jobs after two years with Ernst & Young, and my parents were absolutely horrified <laughs> that I would change jobs so fast. Yeah. And um, nowadays, people aren't going to sit around unhappy and t- and tolerate something that they don't like, they're going to go find something else. And I think that goes along with the remote, that if you tell them to come back and they don't want to spend two hours a day on the road, then they're going to go find a job that allows them to be at home. And so 
we need to be aware of that so that we can keep the top talent. Absolutely. Uh, and top talent might be a good segue into the next question. And, and it seems, I think we've hit on some of these already, but um, like as an audit leader, what is it that you care about? Like what's your maybe number one, number two priority? My number one priority is always my team. Got it. Um, both professionally, um, personally, their personal development. Um, I want everyone to be the best human that they can be, as well as the best and most respected auditor that they can be. And I absolutely believe that these things can coexist. Um, we don't have to be asshole auditors to get <laughs> our point across. Um, as part of that, I encourage my team to be lifelong learners. Um, I, I think we have the best job in the world. Yeah. I mean, we literally get paid to learn new processes, ask questions, make suggestions, and then go do the same thing in another area. And I can't really think of much that would be much more fun. Um, so in terms of being a lifelong learner, I like to require, in air quotes, my team to spend at least an hour a week on their professional skills, learning a new Excel skill, learn how to use Power Query, watch your um, YouTube channel or yeah, listen to you your go. podcast. There yeah, I mean, we absolutely have used that. Um, it could even just be Excel, but this helps both them in their personal development. It helps them for their future career. And it also helps the company because it helps us be more efficient and do things much faster. There was when I was um, like a full time employee, internal audit, data analytics, um, I would, of course, do all the CPE stuff or like go to the conferences and get my like 32 CPEs for the year or whatever I needed from that one conference. And then and no disrespect to any given conference, but then a lot of times I'd come back and I'd be like, eh, if I could have chosen everything that I would have done that week, I would not have gone to this thing. I would not have gone to this one. I would not have. And so uh, a few years ago, maybe three or four years ago, I started just doing my own training week mm -hmm. um, where and it's a little easier now because I can do it whenever I want to <laughs> I don't really need permission. But um, where I would, I would go, this is the skill set I want to learn, whether it was a soft skill or one time it was, you know, communications mm -hmm. um, and being able to more effectively communicate. One time it was just a straight up like hardcore data analytics thing. And so I blocked off the week, set an out of office email like, hey, I'm, I'm not around right now. And then I just that's all I did. I just did the training that I wanted to do. I didn't get CPE credits for it or anything, mm -hmm. um, but it's what I wanted to do. And those are like my favorite weeks of the year. Yeah. Like this year was like there's this book I've been meaning to read. And I was like, I'm just I'm going to read the book all day and all day tomorrow if I have to. Um so for, for anyone who maybe gets bogged down in the uh, hustle of getting their CPEs, it, I think it's nice to go, you know, screw the CPEs. This is what's right. going to make me better. This is what makes my brain happy. This is what I want to learn. I'm going to go do that. And, and for the power query uh, automation I mentioned with employee account monitoring, that I think it took maybe 40 to 60 hours to mm -hmm. build that out. You know, it was a pretty big uh, upfront investment, but it's about the the long game. We weren't spending 16 hours a month uh, doing these manual queries. That 40 or 60 hours we spent at the front really paid off yeah. in the end. And it also gave that employee just incredible skills that they could use 
um, in a lot of different areas. Yeah. Yeah. Training should, it's an investment, right? Mm -hmm. It yeah. absolutely is. Well, all right. If you were, I know you were, you used to be in consulting, at least relative to you're in public accounting. Uh, but if you were to start your own concert consulting firm, like your own audit consulting firm, what gap in the profession would you fill? I don't know if I would say there's a gap in the profession, but um, I think that I would love to work more on the people development side. Mm -hmm. uh, you can probably tell that I have a passion for uh, teaching others, helping people learn, helping them be them, their best selves. Um, and I think there are a lot of people who are far smarter than I am, um, like you, who know, <laughs> who can teach the much more technical side of things, the analytic side of things, those, you know, that's not my wheelhouse. Um, but because of my passion for developing talent um, and maturing people and processes, I think that would be my, my niche. All right, Elizabeth, this is your time. Uh, this is your floor, uh, whatever you want to say. Thank you a ton for all the fantastic audit advice that you've given us. Is there anything else that you would uh, want to leave the audience with though? I would like to leave everyone with the phrase, just be a kind human. Um, try to be empathetic and know that we're all going through things um, and struggles that other people don't know about and both in our personal lives and our work lives. And you won't always succeed, but if you make a conscious effort to be kind towards others, it'll become a habit. Um, don't make assumptions about people. Uh, this is still a struggle for me. I think it's very much human nature, but just try to be a kind person. Hey, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere. So please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review, and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes. Follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.